Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust here, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. Looking at why what's on the charts is on the charts. Trevor, you're you're flying across the world, aren't you? Uh, I don't know if it's really across the world. I mean, it's overseas, yeah. But um, I'll still be in the Northern Hemisphere. Don't worry, I'll be in London, UK. Yeah, so I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. So uh, Gary wanted to switch up the format. Are we going to talk about that a little later? Yeah, we'll do, we're actually do something a little bit different, hopefully fun, uh, the next two weeks. This week, uh, as always, uh, we're going to do uh, what we do here on the podcast, uh, looking at the Billboard Hot 100 this week. We'll run down the chart's top 10, which finally includes a female artist this week in the top five, Rihanna. Uh, she scores her 31st top 10 this week. So we're going to look at who might be next to hit the 30 top 10 milestone. Only Rihanna, the Beatles, and Madonna have done that. So we'll get into that. Uh, our guest this week, again, uh, back for more, Mark Medina, Program Director of Z100 here in New York. And we're flashing back to what, Trevor? Uh, we're flashing back to 1988, so uh, 29 years ago. We'll talk about a moment like something that's really a repeatable phrase where Michael Jackson made history once again, this time in 1988. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. All you have to do is stay a minute, just take your time. The clock is ticking, so stay. All you have to do is play Number 9 Number 8 Number 7 
down. Number five. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like a magnet. Although my heart is falling too. I'm in love with your body. Last night you were in my number four. Number three. And bringing us out once again for a lucky seventh week. That is Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber, Despacito. Uh, so, yeah, seven weeks on top, seven in a row. And we have, again, once again, back-to-back Bieber this week, who was also featured on the second song that you heard, number two, uh, DJ Khaled's I'm the One, also with Quavo, Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne. So we've got Bieber holding down at numbers one and two, DJ Khaled at number two, and also uh, joining the top ten once again at number four with Wild Thoughts featuring Rihanna and Bryson Taylor that you guys heard there. So that's two songs with Bieber in the top five and two songs with DJ Khaled in the top five. So, um, you know, four of the top five share an axe right there. So pretty interesting and pretty rare, you know, that it's going to happen, Gary, yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it just feels at this point like uh, like it's all Bieber and Khaled. It, it's happened before. It, it's not it, – it's very, very rare that this happens, that it's rare for one act even to have two songs in the top five, for two acts to do that at the same time, like Bieber and Khaled are doing now. Pretty rare. Actually hasn't happened in, in almost nine years. Going to go back to late 2008 for a couple weeks in December, uh, T.I. and Beyonce – both had two songs in the top five. Uh, T.I. was in the top five with Live Your Life and Whatever You Like. And a Rihanna tie-in right there, which isn't surprising. Well, I mean, she's been there 31 times now. So uh, pretty familiar territory all the way back to 2005 when she came out. And uh, Beyonce joined T.I. with two top five hits at the same time. Uh, Single Ladies, put a ring on it. And If I Were a Boy. Yeah, so... Obviously, two songs, Single Ladies and If I Were a Boy, both lead singles from the uh, what would become the double disc album, I Am Sasha Fierce. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like If I Were a Boy kind of got, I mean, a ballad, good vocals. Uh, the vi- the video was pretty interesting, you know, told a kind of cool story, flipping gender roles, obviously, as the song lends itself to. And then, of course, you know, single ladies powering up. I mean, once that video hit and, you know, radio took over and it was just obviously unstoppable from there. Um, T.I. You know, is a little more, I think, interesting because obviously two hit singles, both of them hit number one for a while. Um, and he hadn't even been he had not been that big as he was in that moment of 2008. And right. that was just, you know, two songs that had staying power. Uh, this feat, in a way, is almost impossible without features. I mean, the rise of hip hop and, you know, the rap song collaboration really is kind of what has made this feat possible in a lot of ways. So the other key news uh, this week, a woman is back in the top five of the Hot 100 after a three-month break. It's the longest since 1972 that we went that long without women in the top five. So Taylor Swift with Zayn, I Don't Want to Live 
Forever was the last top five hit before this week. Uh, we talked about that in the uh, top 10 countdown on Facebook Live on Monday. A story as well um, on Billboard.com. Uh, here's what's interesting uh, to me as well on top of everything else uh, on the charts this week. Rihanna gets her 31st Hot 100 top 10. So who might be next at this point? I think that's, that's worth looking ahead. It, if anyone can do this, third person ever to have 30 at least Hot 100 top 10s. So Madonna leads with 38. The Beatles have 34. Uh, and there's some, I suppose if you look at it a little bit differently, you could uh, actually raise the totals. Uh, Elvis had uh, a bunch of top 10s before the Hot 100. So he would, he'd have somewhere in the upper 30s if the Hot 100 started uh, back in uh, 1956. Maybe or at least. also have some more number ones. You've got you to gotta think. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least Hound Dog and a couple of other songs would have been, right. been up there. And if you combine uh, solo and group careers, uh, Diana Ross had uh, 18 top 10s with the Supremes. They then had two more without her. But then she had 12 solo. So she's made 30 trips to the Hot 100's top 10 as a as a person. So that sort of counts. O- honorary shout out to, yeah. to Lady Di. Um, Michael Jackson is currently the person closest to getting a 30th solo top 10. He has 29 solo, but even he has 40 uh, total. He had 11 uh, with the Jackson 5 Jacksons as well. So technically, uh, Michael Jackson. Jackson 5 Jacksons. Well, they were called the Jacksons later. <laughs> it makes it like it's a whole, like, one in the Jackson 5 Jacksons. Some of the Jacksons. Yeah. Not, not, not Janet, not all the Jacksons. And, yeah, not Jermaine for half of that either. Um, so Michael Jackson has 29. Could he Could he get one more solo top 10? Obviously, he's not with us anymore. But even after, even after he passed? Love never felt so good. Yeah, I mean... I, I guess you wonder how much is left in the in the Jackson vault. It wasn't like he was necessarily like a prince, you know, prolific recorder necessarily towards the end. Um, I mean, the fact that he's only one away is interesting. I don't know. I mean, I guess it really depends on what, you know, what he's got. Stevie Wonder has 28. He hasn't had a, a big hit in a long time on the Hot 100. Did just record a, a duet with Ariana Grande. So at least he's still recording with younger artists. Possible. <laughs> this, is, this is Gary's way of saying it's not going to happen, but it. But you know what? It's okay if it doesn't happen for Stevie. Stevie's got a, plenty of other things going for him. All right. Uh, tied next. 27 Hot 100 top 10s each. Uh, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Elton John. Any of those three have at least three more top 10s? No. You don't think so? <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's obviously... I mean, you, I mean, a lot of them, you know, I mean, Elton certainly just is, I mean, he's always putting out still albums, but, you know, I think at some point they kind of just seem like, you know, you settle into that touring and you settle into, you know, releasing some albums, but I don't think they're expecting, you know, Elton John, it to come. Elton John hasn't had a top 10 for, for 20 years now since A Candle in the Wind, something about the way you look tonight. It was the longest leading number one hit, 14 weeks, turned out to be his last top 10 hit at this point. Yeah. And I mean, even that one, obviously, you know, kind of came... Due to a terrible circumstance, um, so I mean, you, you can almost sort of backdate that even further to the one before, which would probably what something off the Lion King, maybe, or maybe something after that. Can you find ninety four? Yeah, ninety four. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, I I don't really see it in the cards for Elton or Janet or or even Mariah. I'm going to hold out hope for Mariah because she had the most recent top ten. Gary's a loyal lamb, and, and that and that was that. what obsessed in two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. The Eminem possible. Eminem possible song. Yeah. Um, uh, Elvis is next with 25. Beyond that, you get into acts uh, more like uh, Paul McCartney solo, a 23 top 10 solo on top of 34 with the Beatles. He actually, if you were to combine solo 
and group top tens. McCartney leads all people individually with most uh, top ten visits, 57 total for McCartney. Um, beyond that, let's look at acts who very possibly have a realistic chance of, of getting to 30. We'll start with uh, just sort of picking and choosing here. But wait, we're going to skip over. Now, Gary's going to skip over Jay-Z, which I think is interesting. No, no, that was tops on my list. I wasn't. Oh, he didn't have him highlighted. It's even in I have the new capital letters with the with the dash. You're right. The hyphen is back. Making its return. Making its long awaited debut on the Chart B podcast. Let's give it up for Jay-Z's hyphen. <laughs> uh, 21. Top 10 hits for Jay-Z. Nine more? Collaborations? Featured roles? Seems possible. Yeah, very. I mean, very possible. Um, I mean, obviously, the new album coming out on this Friday, on the 30th, you know, obviously helps out. But you're right. I mean, a few features on the next Beyonce album. I mean, he's obviously got ties with Rihanna, Kanye, Justin Timberlake. I mean, that definitely, you know, could slip through here and there and make it, make it count. Here's the act that if I had to pick one act, I think probably is the safest bet to get 30 top tens uh drake currently at 20 he could get 30 who knows in the next next year or so for Ooh, I, okay see i give another 20 the better chance personally and i'm gonna go with taylor swift yeah i am i think i mean the direction that she was just headed in she's got five top tens off the last album alone i mean just i think she's i think she's got a i mean a real shot addition them out but Drake releases music more often, and he collaborates with more people. And these songs, uh, they just uh, they start so high in the chart. He has a lot of top ten. Deep. So does Taylor. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, that's obviously, all very true. I just, I don't know. I, mean, I, I just feel. Like, I, mean, I think maybe in the long term, Taylor seems like the, the the more consistent one, reliable one. I don't know. I mean, you got the five top tens off the last album. You got the Zayn song. That made six. I mean, that's just within the last, you know, one album cycle. And I mean, as big as, you know, Drake has been, I mean, what? So he had one dance off the last album was was a top 10 hit. Um, but then he had a couple from the new album. So we had debuted. two. We had Passion Fruit in Portland. Fake Love was top 10. That, I mean, I don't know, four off the last album, four off the last two album cycles for Drake. All right. Well, we'll come back to this, I guess, when they get closer, whenever, whenever that is, when Drake does it first. He doesn't believe in TS6. He doesn't believe in TS6. Uh, Lil Wayne also has 20. He just got his 20th on uh, I'm, I'm the One, maybe. Yeah. More features. Been away for a little while. This is almost a comeback hit in some ways. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's tied up with the drama that, you know, is Birdman and the Carter Five and everything. So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, the fact that he hasn't put anything out, you know, it's not that things have been flopping or anything like that. So, you know, Wayne's always a player, too. Like you said, I mean, between the features, I mean, he's got connections with you know, all these newcomers, Drake, obviously, Nikki, and and his whole Young Money crew. So, you know, you really can't doubt any of these guys. I mean, especially Drake and Wayne have put over, you know, 130 songs each on the chart. So, uh, Usher is at 18. He'd almost have to double his output at this point. And he hasn't had as many hits in, in recent years. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Couple acts uh, with 17 top 10 hits uh, each. Uh, Eminem has 17. Justin Timberlake has 17, although he also has six within sync. So 23 uh, total top 10s for Justin Timberlake. And Aretha Franklin has 17. Eminem, think he could do it? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, he's already, I mean, he's been out for. You tend to forget. 15, yeah. At least, well, almost, oh, somewhere between 15 and 20 years. I mean, 
at this point to kind of double it? I mean, would that require another 15-year stretch? I think with Timberlake, it's interesting because he's gone so long between albums. If he had put out a couple more albums, somewhere between uh, 2006, 2013, maybe yeah. he'd uh, be a little bit higher. Um, I mean, to be fair to Eminem, for example, like he was the biggest artist of the last decade. So it's, he's he's doing well on, you know, on these album sales and in other places as well. It, it, which really just goes to show you, uh, too, again, how – big a deal it is that Rihanna already has 31. We're talking about people like Eminem with 17, Usher with 18. They've been around even longer and she's almost doubled what they have. And one of the things I think that that kind of underscores is that I guess people may not um, be aware of just how valuable a feature with Rihanna is. I mean, there are so few features with Rihanna that that don't go anywhere. There are plenty of artists who can be featured on a track. It maybe doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't hurt you, but it's not, you know, it's kind of, okay, you know, we tried, it didn't work out, whatever. But I mean, so few Rihanna features, whether it's, um, you know, on tracks with Eminem, we've seen two, you know, number ones from that pairing alone. I mean, she's been on Run This Town, Kanye and Jay-Z, obviously T.I., Live Your Life, like we mentioned, um, probably a host of others I'm already forgetting about. Like, I mean, the Rihanna vocal is so recognizable i think and so and so catchy and so fun that i think that you know that that in itself is like a gold mine for a hit i think that's one thing that has really put her above plenty of the rest of the singers who who get featured appearances um sticking with people who are more than halfway uh, to 30 we'll do uh, one more uh beyonce 16 solo also 10 with destiny's child so another uh, honorary uh member of, of an even higher uh, group uh, total 26 total trips to the top 10 Beyonce at 16, we, we've talked about this on, on the podcast. She's just gone in a more R&B hip-hop uh, direction for the last couple albums that, you know, a little less conducive to, to huge uh, pop hits. So it might be a little tough for her to approach 30 top 10s at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that she's kind of turned her focus away from singles and the singles chart to more to more albums and more um, sort of cohesive projects. I think I think if you, especially if you look back at the divide, you know, sort of in the post- Sasha Fierce pre four era when that switch sort of happened, her albums became much more consistent. But yeah, I mean the downside of that, you know, in, in terms of this perspective was that you know she didn't have the same kind of singles buzz and success that she used to have. I mean, you know, obviously she, I'm sure she's aware of that, and I think she, you know, is is fine with that. Um, I mean, I, I think it's great that we get sort of a more consistent body of work from start to finish from her. And you know, I mean, if you if you can't have it both, you know, you gotta pick which one you want. And uh, we'll just mention two other acts, uh, not at, at 15 yet, but but pretty close, and uh, certainly within hit runs because they're both uh, in the top uh, three right now uh, on this week's chart. Bruno Mars has 14 Hot 100 top tens. Justin Bieber has 13. I think they're both at a point in their careers that they still have many more hits, you would think, ahead. And the way Bieber just keeps racking up uh, top tens now could do it. It could. You don't think so? Uh, I mean, I I, just, I feel like it's so far away that I, that's hard. That's so hard. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where you keep having hits until you don't. And I mean, for you know, for, I mean, sixteen more. I mean, that's that's. That, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where Bruno is. I mean, I guess he's what he's about six or seven years into his career. I mean, you think about if you've got to double that in theory. Well, if our careers are still going strong in the future, we can keep tracking this and, and see. <laughs> What happens? There you go. Uh, so, yeah, join us in um, about eight or nine years when we re- rerun this list and we see that Rihanna has gotten 85 top tens. 
couple other things uh, just mentioning uh, in the top 10, the Chainsmokers uh, get a 60th straight week in the top 10 this week. Number nine. Celebrating that diamond anniversary. Let's go Chains. <laughs> uh, nine weeks away from tying Katy Perry's record for most consecutive weeks in the top 10. Uh, just as we taped this uh, today, Trevor, got news of what the next official Chainsmokers pop radio single is. Oh, my gosh. Could it be the one that they put out the video for earlier this week? It's not. It's not. Nope. It's not young. <sighs> They're gonna, are they going to go with the, the every night? Break up every night? That. No. Honest is the new single. A little more low key. Um, yeah, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I would not have, especially, I guess, for a summertime kind of. You think they really want to put something out with a lot of, um, a lot of energy behind it. But. Although that's where dance music is now. It's not necessarily uh, super up tempo, so it maybe fits uh, even better actually because it is a little more. It's a little uh, understated. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I guess last summer they were, you know, having "Don't Let Me Down" and sort of the energy behind that. So maybe they want to change it up. Yeah. All right, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the other, uh, just beyond the top 10, uh, Sam Hunt, Body Like a Back Road, uh, should just uh, mention, uh, breaks a record on the Hot Country Songs chart. 20 weeks now at number one for Body Like a Back Road. That is now the longest running number one ever by a soloist. Passes, uh, we mentioned last week, Leroy Van Dyke's Walk On By from 1961, 1962. And now uh, only one song uh, has led longer, Cruise, Florida Georgia Line. Oh, 24 boy. weeks. So, yeah, Sam's still got four weeks to go. What helps, too, is there's no next single at the moment because this is just a standalone single. So the label could just keep working it and it can it can get closer to that record uh, with nothing else in the way. I mean, that's kind of interesting that, you know, such a huge hit. They're not I mean, not that they're wasting an opportunity to join on. But you wonder, I mean, especially some of these big hits always can kind of change the conversations internally about the direction and where to go. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see, especially for somebody as, you know, so, someone that people don't feel like they have a great grasp on anyway about where Sam's musical tastes exactly lie. I mean, it'll be especially interesting to see how this single and its success could affect, you know, the entire sound of his next album or at least the next single and coming projects. You could just do a whole album of uh, songs that a body is like other types of roads. Yeah. Gary in this. I don't know if Gary's concept albums are. I mean. I guess Barbara Streisand did that album Wet, where everything was based around water. So, free advice, Sam. If you're listening, just get going. All right, let's uh, get uh, back into our guest, our industry insider interview. Back for more, Mark Medina, program director of Z100, actually named uh, Billboard's number one pop programmer of the year. Uh, you can read more about it in the latest Billboard issue on uh, Billboard.com. Plenty of other uh, programmers we talked to as well. But uh, let's get back to uh, Mark. And uh, Trevor's microphone, again, was not working while we were there. You're listening. You can listen again, Trevor, to the interview. I know. I was doing some great listening, though, guys. And you should, too. So check it out here on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Check one, two. New York. Here we go. Put it on. Hey, it's Luis Fosi. Turn it on. It's your boy, Daddy Yankee. Justin Bieber here. One. At its most basic level, how does a song get on Z100? What kinds of uh, what kinds of research do you use? I I think some people think of radio as it's uh, a guy sitting in an office in New York just deciding what millions of people are going to hear because he thinks it's good for the station. Uh, well, it's it's not that for sure. Um, I mean, it's it's, I'm not it's start really a lot of old school hip hop. Uh, <laughs> no, Z100 no, no, no. Not throwing any Dougie Fresh on Z100 anytime soon. Um, it's that mix of both. It's it's gut and science. You know, it's art and science. We have the beauty of top forty. Obviously, is that we can we can sort of siphon off the top of of every genre of music and take the best of the best and combine it into one radio station, and that's the basis of top forty. So we one of the things we always start with is balance. Like, okay, there could be um, 10 great EDM records, but we can't play and and support 10 EDM records at the same time, even if they're all great. Like, that's a disservice to everyone. The listener, the artist, the label, the radio station. Like, nobody's going to win in that scenario. So sometimes it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of balance and, okay, what does the station need this week? It's always a giant jigsaw puzzle. Um, so that's the first thing. And then, obviously, the quality of the music, um, the, the production values, um, uh, history with the artist. Sometimes an artist may put out a record that isn't the best thing they've ever done, but they've constantly delivered number one hits for your format and for your brand in the past. So you know, you're more likely to go, okay, let's give this a shot and see – you know, if the audience reacts to it. And, and that's all, by the way, that's all they, most artists ask. They don't, they don't expect you to play records that aren't hits. They expect you to give their songs an opportunity to be heard and then um, and let, let the consumer decide. There's a lot of data coming to us from a lot of places all the time. You guys happen to be here on our music day, so you're going to see every record company in New York walk by this window at some point during this and and go in and, and make the pitch for their music and their artists and stuff. So that's one way. That's pr- the primary way. But also, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about things like Shazam and some of the other um, uh, metrics that exist that are out there today. We're certainly aware of them. It really becomes about knowing your brand, though, and knowing your product and knowing, okay, now's the time. Like, okay, I see that. That's one week. Maybe that's just, you know, let's watch. I, I, I compare it to um, like the box office, right? Like sometimes a movie debuts huge, number one, and everyone sees it and tells everyone else how much it sucked, and then it goes to number seven the next weekend. Like, Okay, so then that means they were good marketers. They didn't make a good movie. They made a good marketing strategy. Um, 
and I think it can be the same way sometimes with music. Like you have to, you have, you learn when you do this. And I said earlier, it's about reps. You know what I mean? It's about how many call out reports have you seen in your lifetime? How many, um, how many music meetings have you been in? How many different case studies and scenarios of the way the measurements work? And I, I think a lot of that is just knowing the DNA of your radio station. And that's why it's important when you get to a new radio station not to just come in and start tearing the place apart and doing your thing. You, you have to know what works for that station. An example for Z100 is, um, gosh, probably two years ago when Fetty Wap was blowing up. And I remember I was still very new at Z100, and I, I was watching all the metrics and all the different things going on. And um, I, I just I called Tom and I said, Tom, this is happening. Is this a record Z100 could could play? Like, get, give me the history on that. And and he he agreed that it was, and that song ended up being in uh, Trap Queen. Ended up being a power. Uh, for us and went into power rotation eventually. Um, at the same time, a lot of it is about managing your own and the label and the audience's expectations. Um, a song like Bad and Bougie, we played when it was relevant to play um, and in the uh, times of day that we thought that the consumers that would appreciate that song were listening and then when that moment was done, we we stopped playing it. So, but we gave it a chance. We exposed it. We put it in our our research and and all that type of stuff. And 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 then we make our decisions based on on that. Um, on the other side of that, you know, I think it's easy to get real over aggressive with some of the um, metrics that exist today. So I, I think that like consumption and and shazams and some of these other things you can get a little drunk on all that too and and you know what i kind of think is that though some of those metrics are probably a good you know six weeks away from what the average radio listener because you know I, i still think those are those are we're we're still all figuring out what those metrics really mean right like it's getting more defined and more dialed in every day but I think that until we until we know some of the things that are sort of um, behind the curtain about some of the metrics and some of the platforms, then we don't really know what they mean. We know what we see. We know what they we know what the consumer facing. And, and I guess we have some back end information uh, in our company, at least. Um, but that's what that's another thing that's great about the iHeart app is that we can get data from that that we can use in making our music decisions um you know or, or at least as another another thing to look at but i think you have to be careful about getting too far like trying to keep up with the joneses you know okay well this song it, because that's that stuff is still very fickle and and there's there's a um it's very volatile you know something shazam's number one this week out of nowhere then it's gone the next week well you know i'm glad we didn't bite on that you know type are, of thing. are you looking at humble uh kendrick lamar it's it's been uh, number one in streaming with you know 50 60 million uh, u.s streams a week it's it's not top 40 uh, overall isn't really biting on it yet but what are you guys thinking uh, about that song specifically with how big kendrick is right now we are looking at everything you know i mean i know that's kind of a the stock answer but it's really the truth like nothing is ruled out you know it, it, it's not like we go oh we can't play that you know i give you the, like kind of the fetty wap 
example, and and that was more of a sonic thing, um, and how it fit with the brand historically. That that type of sound, we never um, shut the door on anything. You know, um, we may we may uh, knowing our brand and our brand values, we may wait longer on some things. We may jump quicker on other things. But a lot of that is just going to depend on some of the history with those particular artists. Like with Kendrick, for example, there are a lot of things to tie into that make you pop culture relevant without necessarily always playing the record. You know, it's about an awareness too. you know, people want to feel like their radio station is tied in and that we know what's going on, that we know, you know, and, and there's there's ways that, you know, we can we can utilize and and and. Uh, and tap into that. Um, and then the re- as far as the record, you know, if, if it gets to a point where we feel like, you know, we can't, we can't not deal with this, then we'll deal with it. You it, know? it, it feels like uh, hip hop and, and rap, uh, real core rap it has been on the rise this year. It just kind of feels like we've hit a point where pop radio has to deal with some of these hits. There may be a little atypical for the sound of the, of the genre overall right now, but they're, they're raising their hand in terms of how well they're selling, how well they're streaming. I mean, look, we as programmers, we want stars for the format, right? In in whatever form or shape that takes on. So I, I think certainly when we see something that has potential to cross to pop radio, um, we need to be paying attention to that. Like as top forty programmers, our our key, like our goal is balance, right? Because we don't, we don't ever want the station to um, sound like the Imagine Dragon station, nor do we ever want it to sound like the Drake station, right? right? Because there's one of those. There's a Drake station. There's an Imagine Dragon station. The basis of what we do is to to blend the two together. And when the there's a coalition of listeners that like both sides, that's when Top Forty does its best. You're always going to have the single lanes. There's always going to be the Drake people. There's always going to be the Adele people. But when they're the same people. That's when life is good for top 40. In particular to those specific um, artists that you talked about, we talked a lot about platforms, right? And how anybody can be a star now. And we, we were talking about in the context of maybe like the radio host or the DJ from back in the day. But the same thing is true with artists. Like they can be discovered and exposed and, and marketed on so many different levels. So there is a... A whole new stream of opportunity for them to be discovered as well. And I think that, I mean, look, at the end of the day, what we do is marketing, right? Every song we play is a marketing decision. One of the things that we also have to do is align ourselves with people, and by people, I mean artists, that also fit our brand from a marketing standpoint, it's not just, um, oh, this song made it to number one on this chart, so therefore it gets a spot on Z100. Like, it is part, every song we play is a marketing decision. So, so we have to make sure we're making smart marketing decisions on the whole, you know what I mean? It, not just this song that's playing right now. Even though that represents what Z100 is right now, we have to look at it more um, from a kind of a 360 standpoint. You mentioned a while back uh, how uh, it was Tom Pullman who uh, sort of brought back the station in the mid-90s. That that was the time when pop music had gone pretty much uh, fully alternative. And uh, Z100's ratings went down at that point. And another example of how, uh, as you say, Mark, Top 40 does best when it sticks to that variety. And hopefully the music is there as, as it seems to be now. Yeah, I mean – the the play the hits that's the simple the simplest if if you had to distill top 40 
programming, you know, deep, dark secret, uh, play the hits. You know, that's really what it comes down to. New York City, please go easy on me tonight. New York City, please go easy on this heart of mine. Cause I'm losing my lover to the arms of... One of the songs you played recently, we we talked about this, you... you uh, uh, we did a story on this because I thought it was so interesting. Uh, Chainsmokers, New York City, the song they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not an official single. This is well closer uh, was out and, and, and all the big hits they've been having. Uh, you guys were playing that uh, pretty much at night uh, on Z100. And I just thought it was really interesting for, for the biggest uh, top 40 station to be uh, playing a song that was pretty obscure. Obviously, it was by the Chainsmokers, one of the, the biggest acts right now. But I, I just thought it was neat that you guys went out and played something that probably a lot of people listening wouldn't know. They'd probably know uh, that the five songs before and after that, but they wouldn't know that one. So you guys still take chances on that. What was, what was the story behind that one? So, so that was just a song that um, it was actually not even on the current album. It was on a previous album. Right. And um, we love those guys. I mean, they're friends with the radio station and, and we sort of, you know, we sort of helped launch things with roses um, here at Z with them. And, so we we feel a real connection to really all the artists that we work with, but with those guys in particular. And Closer was kind of coming to it, it had peaked, I think, and um, we had them uh, coming to our Jingle Ball concert, and we just wanted to keep the Chainsmokers' momentum alive, you know. And they hadn't really decided fully on a next single yet, or if they're going to wait for you know. Um, and we knew they had stuff coming, but. Some people started playing another song and, and, you know, I kind of spoke up and said, you know, let's let's do this, because if if this is about keeping Chainsmokers momentum, even though it's from an old album, if it hasn't been exposed and it's called New York City and it's a beautiful song about our city, um, then or, you know, not about our city, but, you know, framed around our city, then, you know, let's just do this. And that's what we did. And uh it sort of caught a lot of people off guard. It sounded great, and I even like how it's sort of a bittersweet song. It's not even that it's entirely happy. It's sort yeah. of about uh, how, how New York can be lonely at night yeah. with you know, 7 million people. Well, exactly. And and that that again, that goes back to that emotional connection that we talk about is like, wow, that's, you know, New York City, please go easy on me tonight. You know, this gal obviously had a, a, a tough day, and uh, and it just sort of epitomized the if you can make it here you can make it anywhere sort of you know mantra uh you mentioned those guys who what what artists have you um, artists come in here all the time who have you gotten to know who have you gotten to like who are some of your favorites um kyle's the funniest um he's hilarious yeah i mean yesterday was a you know we had a meeting with david Guetta. um we heard a bunch of new stuff from him and, you know, and then we had a, a little get together with Haley, uh, Haley Steinfeld. So, you know, we'll have days like that where, you know, we'll, we'll have Haley's another one who's been, you know, really close with the radio station, DNCE, um, you know, Gaga. Um, she always it, says how she grew up listening to Z. Yeah. She loves hearing her music. That's been that's one of the things about being here that's really neat is we've had a lot of artists come in that are front that grew up listening to Z and they come in to do like Elvis and they're more excited to meet Elvis and Greg T and Danielle um, than necessarily 
you know they're the they're, they're the star of the moment and and they're they're excited to see the the morning show or meet the morning show that they grew up with but that's what's really special is when you see guys like um like Nick or Joe Jonas uh Gaga Charlie Puth uh BB Rexa um you know these these uh Halsey Halsey's another one who uh who tells a great story about trying to win jingle ball tickets uh, uh I think it was that she skipped school to try to win jingle ball tickets when she was uh younger and then she was the right caller and she she got so nervous that her mom was going to hear her on the radio that she hung up and didn't even <laughs> take didn't even get the tickets I think that was Halsey but you know hearing that kind of stuff just it it really it reaffirms just like kind of how special this place is you know um it's 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 really cool. Yeah, it might seem kind of corny, but like when I've gone to Jingle Ball, I always I always kind of look around Madison Square Garden and think, wow, these these twenty thousand people are here because of a radio station. It's just it's always kind of a, a cool win for radio. Another big thing uh, that's part of the job, uh, Mark, is overseeing the air staff. Uh, never mind uh, just overall radio and music. But is that still a big part of the job? Do you ever are you ever telling Elvis Duran what they should or shouldn't be doing? And is he is he saying I've I've been here twenty years? <laughs> you know it. Every, every, there's no blanket like formula, like it's people, right? So you're dealing with, um, a staff full of individuals, even though we're a team collectively, um, it's really about knowing what's motivating to specific individuals. Um, you know, with Elvis's show, it's, it's more, there's so many moving parts. There's so many um, players, and there's so many levels to it because you've got, like you mentioned earlier, the nationally syndicated portion that that is sort of under more of the watch of Premier. Um, then you've got the impacts uh, on Z100 and and things like that. So it's really sort of a group effort. Um, and Elvis is such a pro, and you know a lot of it. it, it we we. When you have a guy that you trust their instincts better than anyone and you know he knows his audience better than anyone, um, you don't really get in and and mess with that. You know what I mean? Um, certainly we're here to, to help get whatever he needs done, done. And we do have you know research projects and things where we'll meet um, – with um, some of the key people involved in the, that process, and we'll all sit around a table and talk big picture. But you know, you're never going to walk in and say, "Hey, you're not saying the time enough." You know, that's that's not that's not what this is. Um, uh, and, and same goes with the rest of the staff. You know, I know I did when I first got here. I did sort of one-on-one meetings with everybody, and, and just kind of wanted to know more about them and what what motivated them. You know, what's what what will they fight for? What's what's what are they what are they committed to and what do they want to do what do they want to be when they grow up and and i don't i don't spend a lot of time or create a lot of expectations of people that aren't within the framework of what they've told me what they've told me they want to do with their life that doesn't mean they don't have jobs and 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 doesn't mean that they don't have things that i need them to do at times but i think it works really nice because when i approach somebody with whether it's coaching or feedback or whatever i already sort of know their perf- their uh, perspective their frame of reference and look again it th- there's that old saying you hear all the time even michael jordan had a coach well you know it's sort of true like it, it, it really becomes uh, more about 
keeping people in the right headspace so that they can be the top level performers that you that that you brought them in to be that they are to have earned this position and it's it's less it's a lot more big picture you know it's it's less little naggy pd stuff you know and and there's some of that you know sometimes um but a lot of it, it, it it's like a, a hitting coach in baseball you know you, you, you Somebody goes into a slump. They need a the hitting coach to say, "Hey, you know what? You're dropping your elbow a little bit, and 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 when you hit the ball well, you you keep that elbow up." And it's the same type of thing, you know. But um, that that seems to work for me in my style. And I, I'm pretty laid back and low key. I'm not a yeller. I'm not a hotliner. I'm not any of those things. So I I'd rather talk to everybody like adults and professionals that I know they are. You know. Do you get a lot of uh, the old days? It would have been tapes, but uh, audio files from people who uh, want to do weekends or, or uh, move up to, to Z100. Is there any any overall one on one advice you give to jocks? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that um, I, the answer is yes. We get a lot of that type of stuff, and I, when I was baby DJ, I I'll never forget being like sixteen or seventeen. I was a night jock back in my hometown. And I sat and made a bunch of tapes, and I sent them to big night jocks that I wanted to start networking with um, at the time. And I'll never forget that Chio the Hitman at Z100, the night guy, was the first person to respond to me. Whereas, like, the guy in El Paso never even got back to me. And I'm like, so the guy in Market 1... You know, and JoJo, JoJo was in San Francisco at the time, you know, got right back to me. just and that always sort of stuck with me that like, you know, that that meant so much to me that the guy in market one had the time to get back to me. And and again, it goes back to what I said earlier about like they're here, right? They're not they're, there's nothing to prove like you, I mean, there you prove yourself every day through through your your work ethic and things like that and your results. But. But there's no, like, get away from me, kid. You know what I mean? Um, and so I try to be mindful of of that, how I was treated when I was the one seeking, um, you know, feedback. And so I try to do a good job about getting back to everyone and giving them the coaching. Um, it's not always as timely as I would like it to be because, you know, it, it's not a it's not the first thing I do in the morning. But um I think it's important and, 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 and growing talent, you know, going back to just, uh, the platforms and stuff like growing talent is, is something that we have to do as an industry. You know, that's not format specific. That's, that's, that's just content providing. Um, you know, we need those entertainers. We need those good, strong talent, but a lot of times people aren't even necessarily looking to work at Z100. They just want feedback not you know it's surprising how many talent are just seeking feedback and they're not getting it in their markets um and they crave it you know even if they don't admit it they crave it um so so a lot of it's case specific if they say hey i'm working on my artist interviews will you listen to these and tell me how you think you know um but if it's for z it starts with just sort of an overall um vocal range and it's like anything when you do it enough and you study it you know right when you hear it you're like you know that that could work um it's like a song you know some songs you you give the courtesy of listening all the way through and go cool thanks um same type of deal you know 
Is this job uh, 24-7, Mark? How do you get it? 25-8. You know, my wife's great. She's a huge supporter, number one fan, and, and so she really understands and she really gets it. Um, I will say this, that, you know, Obviously, the radio never turns off, right? It, it's it, it, it's twenty four seven situation. But I have a great team here, and so it's not a nine one one situation around the clock. Like it is really more so when you're coming kind of coming up the ranks, and you're like the only one there, um, and you're dealing with everything li- literally yourself, hands on. So we have a pretty great team. I, you know. Um, a lot of it is just it's more for me it's not it's not that i'm necessarily 24/7 um in the office you know building clocks and stuff like that it it's that i just never stop thinking about the radio station or the product you know it's like that perfect game um you're always seeking that perfect game and you know um you have to learn i think to have other interests to detach your brain because I always say, like, we play a game that has no final buzzer. There's no finish line to cross. Once a ratings period ends, you're right back into the next one. You could argue the holiday book, you know, whatever, uh, if you're not a Christmas station. But um, even then, like, we have to deliver results um, in spite of the, the Christmas format. Um, you know, so there, there's no... And and if you don't take that time to defrag, um, eventually you'll just you'll wear you'll wear out. You know the sports an outlet for you. If you mentioned a lot of sports analogies, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm I use a lot of analogies. <laughs> for instance, no, um, uh, yeah, I I am a baseball fan, and um, I definitely I can zone out. You know. Get away from get my mind off things at a baseball game. You know, just by myself watching the intricacies of the game and stuff. A's Giants. Does it go back to your uh, your? Uh, you know what? It's funny. I did. I grew up. Um, I grew up uh, an A's and Giants fan. Actually, about well, the Yankees Mets fans. Uh, uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Here I'm Yankees. So I'm. Uh, I'm going to declare it officially. I'll say it right here first, Yankees. <laughs> As a Red Sox fan, I think we're done. I, 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 don't, Get think out. I, I don't think I can go on after that. Uh, thank you so much. This is great to hear all the behind the scenes of, of how uh, songs, uh, how everything works at, at uh, Z100 here in New York. So uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Z100. WHTZ. Newark. New York City. And iHeartRadio Station. From the top. State Building. This is New York's number one hit music station. All right, and that was Mark Medina once again, Billboard's number one pop programmer of the year. And speaking of things that are number one, let's flash back now to one of the Hot 100's most important number ones of all time. That's right, uh, Dirty Diana, Michael Jackson, July 2nd, 1988, the song hits number one on the Hot 100, and that makes Michael Jackson the first artist to ever have five songs hit number one from the same album. 
Now, of course, this time, Michael Jackson's already the biggest star in the world. Thriller had been out um, since 1982. Obviously, everyone knows the story of all of that. You've got the moonwalk. You've got the Thriller music video. You've got Billie Jean and Beat It changing MTV and all those kind of things. But uh, even Thriller was not able to have five number ones. Actually, had two number ones, which I think people think is... A little low. Um, Billie Jean and Beat It both hit number one, though the album did have seven top tens, which, of course, leave it to Michael to be the trendsetter. That was the first album to have seven top tens. So at this time, Michael has the most top tens from one album um, with Thriller. Bruce Springsteen had tied that at that time, too. And now he's got the most number ones from an album with Bad. So, you know, Michael's just setting records on fire at this time. For almost any other artist, if they had put out an album, like bad that would so easily be their huge career achievement and to have an album with five number ones basically we're kind of saying it's you know, in the shadow of thriller what a great uh, follow-up but still it just shows you how huge thriller uh, just was and continues to be that you can think of those five number ones and you still go back and think about beat it and thriller and and uh, billy jean it's kind of crazy. I mean, obviously, five-year break between the albums. I mean, you'd think the momentum would have slowed or, or even paused right there, but it made people even hungrier. I mean, he goes on tour, you know, as a soloist for the first time. I mean, obviously, you know, as legend says, breaking records, you know, left to right at the box office. Obviously, you know, Michael Jackson on tour for the first time by himself. Huge event. And, you know, really just the fact that you can even sustain this kind of staying power. I mean, it only it had been about maybe 10 months into the bad album cycle, but you know, I have five songs you can work to radio. I mean, the album is obviously immensely popular. So a lot of people have already bought the album, you know, know these songs probably back and forth. And the fact that you're still able to, to make that happen. I mean, that just again goes to show just how massive Michael Jackson was. But given that, I want to ask, so... Nobody was able to have five number ones from an album uh, since Michael Jackson until 2011 when Katy Perry's Last Friday Night became the fifth number one from her Teenage Dream album, which to tie that back into something we mentioned earlier, that is sort of the stretch in which she has those 69 weeks in the top 10. Um, That's right. Across that same period, obviously five number ones, you know, you got to be, you're hanging around the charts for a while there. But that was even a little bit before, you know, that's still when downloads are a big thing. That was a little bit before streaming really, really took off in the years coming after. So I want to ask you, Gary, here's a question. We haven't seen, obviously, five number ones from an album since. We haven't even seen four. The last person we saw to have three number ones from the same album, Justin Bieber's Purpose from 2015 into 2016. Uh, so, But as streaming, you know, takes over more and more and people can, you know, as soon as an album drops, they can listen through all the tracks you know, figure out which ones they like, kind of discard the rest of them. A lot of people, you know, may not even return to the album again, uh, you know, in its entirety. But do you think that, given this this new climate, that an artist can sustain five number ones, you know, all the way through? I mean, this is something that takes, as we see with, you know, MJ and Katie, over a year, really, right. of, of investment and, and radio and interest and videos and all that kind of thing. I mean, do you think that it's possible that somebody can do this again i think it's possible but i I mean again this has happened uh, two times in the last 60 years so it's it's almost 
it's almost an impossible feat. I mean, it's happened these two times, and they were both both albums, all five songs were huge radio hits. So I know I always defend radio a lot, but that just gets you that extra reach. You get a number one a radio hit on the radio songs chart. It's 150 million or so people hearing a song in a given week, and that's going to drive streaming. It's going to drive sales. So yeah, it's possible, but it's just so rare that it's very unlikely. I mean, Bieber had three number ones from the last album just, just in the last year. But is the album itself endangered? Yeah, and um, I mean, we've kind of seen, obviously, with Taylor Swift, five top tens. So, you know, I guess you could say she's the closest lately to do that with 1989. Obviously, some something like Michael Jackson in particular, you know, when the chart was sort of shaken up and down every week, it was a little easier to race in there at number one. But now, I mean, you look at, you know, right. Ed, 12-week Ed Sheeran, 12-week Chainsmokers. Um, I mean, these are kind of things that... All you know that week at number two can be your peril, you know, if right. it's not working right. Right, yeah. You talk about uh, something like Shape of You. Say there could be five uh, great number one hits from uh, Ed Sheeran's album. Shape of You is still in the top five after twenty four weeks, so it's keeping anything else that could even follow up at the moment. So may- maybe you're your own worst enemy in this streaming climate. Who knows? After those five number ones, there were two more singles. The album had seven singles. Uh, the sixth single. Another part of me stopped at number eleven after five number one hits. Got to number eleven. And then of course, "Smooth Criminal" was the single after that one, and that had a pretty well-known video. If you haven't seen it, you—if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? But the lean is in that video, which is you know when he like does yeah yeah even Michael like in the in the in the suit and they all like lean like at this like ridiculous angle that you cannot physically do. They actually have like special shoes that they patented for it. I sure I remember the Alien Ant Farm. Of course. Remake. In the early that was very popular, 2000s. yeah, in like yeah, middle school. The, the the original, the Michael Jackson, uh, Smooth Criminal, got to number seven. So it's a big hit, but yeah. it's just uh, kind of interesting how after five number ones, the next two got to number 11 and seven. So again, shows you just absolutely how difficult uh, this is. Actually, six top tens off the bad album to follow up the 70 add on Thriller. And we'll keep it in the Michael Jackson hit-making family. He was also the first solo artist to even have four top tens off off the wall. So each of those albums setting a new standard. That's We've right. got four top tens. Uh, the first time a solo artist had done that off off the wall. We jumped to seven top tens off Thriller. No one had done that before. And we jumped to five number ones off Bad. And no one had done that before. I guess it wasn't record breaking, but no. L- little love for Dangerous, 1991. You, you uh, shout out to Dangerous for being a, just a great album. Uh, unfortunately, can't quite put it in the in that kind of record-breaking company. All right, what song are we closing with, Trevor? All right, we're celebrating Dirty Diana, and it's number one. So let's keep it in the Michael Jackson rock family. Let's close with his best rock song ever, Beat It. So, uh, Trevor, you're going to be away. We're going to uh, pre-record a couple shows. For the next two weeks, we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of talking about the current Hot 100 over the next couple weeks, we'll flash back 20 years and 10 years to the charts uh, in July 1997. And 2007, look back, 20, 10 years, see what was different about the charts, maybe what was similar. Maybe there's some trends that are happening then that uh, play into what's happening now. And we'll, we'll flash back, and actually next week, we're going to talk to an artist who had one of the biggest hits at this point in 1997, Paula Cole, where have all the cowboys gone? And the week after that, we'll kick things into 2007. We'll talk um, specifically about Pink, who was undergoing one of the biggest pop revivals we've seen in the past decade going from more of an urban rock-leaning artist to one of the most uh, consistent pop hit makers we've seen in the past 10 years. 
So we'll talk about that. We'll also hear from some folks at RCA Records uh, about what Pink's up to lately. You know, she had her second child just earlier this year. And there's some whispers that she might be back on the music scene before 2017's over. So we'll dive into that as well. Yep. And uh, enjoy England, Trevor. You going to come back with an accent? Uh uh, this is the part where I was I was half hesitating doing one, and then I just I'll I'll just I'll pass on that. But we'll see, mate. That's small Australian, but um, we'll do an okay job. Nah, that's terrible. That's awful. That's really that's, that's quite bad. In the meantime, take it away with the Billboard number one and Grammy record of the year. This is Michael Jackson's "Beat It." ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs> 